0: joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 930 for Sunday School and 1035 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. You are invited to our Easter service April the 17th at 1035 a.m. There will be great music about the risen Savior and a wonderful message from our pastor, Jim Devney. Please consider spending your Easter with us, April the 17th at 1035 a.m. Then, just two weeks later, on April the 29th at 7 p.m., we're having our praise and worship night. We will come together and share testimony and song to lift up Jesus Christ. Please come, bring your friends and neighbors. That's Friday evening, April the 29th at 7 p.m. Now, let's join the service. i
1: amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And my song
0: seated. Now we've got a treat for you. Our kids are going to sing for you. Matt Cutcher is going to lead them and Rich is going to a play along.
2: Praise is rising eyes are turning to you we turn to you we turn to you and all Your presence, all our fears are washed, washed away. away. see you, when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, in your presence, presence, all our fears are washed away. Let's sing that again. Cause when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence,
3: all our fears are washed we yeah. come every way
2: among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. So come every way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Nice job, you guys. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. That is our next song. We wanted to sing a song about the greatest day in history, Resurrection Day. The greatest day in history, death is beaten, you have rescued me, out, Jesus is change
4: Anybody knows about the love of Jesus? I do. I do. Whoa. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I was searching he sought me out and he gave me answers took away my doubt when i was struggling to find my place i heard the sweetest song sent to me from the throne it was a song of love and grace if anybody knows about the grace of jesus
0: Aren't you glad for the cross? You and I would be totally lost without the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're celebrating that today. We're also celebrating the grace of God. Won't you stand and sing a little chorus with us called, If Not For Grace.
1: Where would I be? You
0: only
1: know I'm glad you of love, a hopeless case, an empty place, if not for grace, amazing grace, amazing Place, if not for grace Go ahead. there's a line that's been drawn through the ages stands an old rugged cross on the cross the battle is raging for the gain of man's soul or his loss on one side the forces of evil, all the demons and the devils of hell, on the other, the angels of glory. force of the conflict and the sun, it refuses to shine, for there he's got sun in in the palace He cried. BATTLE WAS RAGING, NOT ALL PRISONERS OF WAR HAD
5: talk about the six trials and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This week I want to talk about the cross, next week I want to talk about the resurrection. So I hope that gives us a little indication. Here we have in Luke chapter 22, verse 44. And being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Here, Christ, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Medically, it's called hematidrosis, close to it, where the body at times, under great stress, it breaks down one's blood that it can actually ooze out through the skin. And there are a lot of people that have that through their legs and different other, other means. And Luke, he's a physician, so he knows what he's talking about. And this physician says Christ's blood or his sweat became as great drops of blood. That night, by the way, was a night of spiritual warfare, prayer, yielding to the Father's will. Uh, nothing was in doubt, but Christ, I believe, did these things when he yielded to the Father's will to teach us how we are to obey the Father's will also. Also, I believe it teaches that God will fulfill his prophecies concerning the event of going to the cross. What were his disciples doing? Well, just like most Christians, they were snoring when the real work was going on. (laughs) They were fast asleep, that's what they were doing. Then the greatest travesty of justice happens. Uh, Judas leads the guards to where Christ is, betrays him. Jesus Christ is arrested. He goes to his first trial. Jesus is taken to Ananias, or Anna, Annas, I'm sorry, Annas, and he was a former high priest. His son-in-law was a high priest at that time, but he was a former high priest, and he is the father-in-law of Caiaphas, Caiaphas, the present high priest. Annas was like a high priest emeritus, John chapter 18, verse 12 says this, Then the band of the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him, and led him away, Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, can't say it, which was the high priest that same year. And so here it's a family situation. So out of respect to an elder religious statesman, Protocol demanded he be consulted first. I don't believe he was surprised, but he was waiting for Christ to come. All was prearranged beforehand. They were setting up their plot in order to condemn Jesus by a carefully orchestrated illegal kangaroo court. That's what was in place at that moment. John 18, verse 19 says this The high priest then asked Jesus of his di- disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, They know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? This blow of hitting Jesus was just the beginning of the night of violence against Christ. All Jesus asked for was truth and justice, but that evening he never received any of that. The second trial, Jesus is now taken to Caiaphas and Caiaphas, and so he's the son-in-law, the present high priest. Trial two begins, Matthew 26, 57. And they that had laid on Jesus led him away to uh, Caiaphas. Caiaphas. (laughs) I'll never get that name, I'm sorry. The high priest where the scribes and elders were assembled. (laughs) Verse 59, now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none at the last came two false witnesses and said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, "Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his, his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of glory. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think you? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face, buffeted him. Others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? And so we have here at Caiaphas's house there. And I thought as I was reading that, isn't it interesting that everyone seems to be awake and alert and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. You see, they've all assembled there. They're waiting. They have a plot against Christ. Caiaphas, he's a puppet of Rome, leader of the Sanhedrin. His word was law among the Jews. He allows false witnesses. Jesus tells them who he is. And this kangaroo court said that's blasphemy. And they judged Jesus worthy of death and they allowed the leaders then to physically beat and taunt him. Now he goes to trial three. Jesus is taken to the Sanhedrin. Caiaphas sends Jesus to the council of elders. These are 70 men who sat in ultimate authority over Jesus. Luke chapter 22, verse 66 says, And as soon as it was day, the elders of the people and the chief priests and the scribes came together and led him to their council, saying, Art thou, the Christ, tell us? And he said unto them, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I also ask you, you will not answer me, nor let me go. Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit on the right hand of the Power of God. Then said they, Art thou then the Son of God? And he said unto them, Ye say that I am. And they said, What need we any further witness? For we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. You know, some people say Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God, but right here in this text right here, it shows us he says that. I had a guy, by the way, I was witnessing to, a friend, and he says in the Bible it never says that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. And uh, at that time, I was a little green behind the ears, And I had a little hard time finding it, but boy, when I got home, I studied and I found it. (laughs) And Mark chapter 14, verse 61, but he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said unto him, art thou the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. Amen. He is that blessed Messiah. Son of God. That's all the Sanhedrin needed to hear. They cry out, that's blasphemy. And these men repeatedly hit him with their fists. They mocked him. They spit in his face. They beat him till he became bloody and bruised. Now blasphemy was a religious charge and it meant nothing to the Romans' courtroom. So they changed the charges to insurrection and treason. They would say that Christ was trying to overthrow the government of Rome. Of course, that's a lie. He goes to his fourth trial. He's taken before Pilate, Mark chapter 15, verse 1. And straightway in the morning the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to where? To Pilate. Pontius Pilate was a Roman governor over Judea. Pilate was an anti-Semitic Gentile. He was Roman to the core. He was an absolute wolf, thirsty for Jewish blood. He answered to no one but Emperor Caesar himself. To become governor, he had to have gone through the ranks. Brave soldier, leader, hardened, cruel, seasoned Roman official. Now, this was interesting to me when I was studying this out. A letter was sent from King Agrippa to Caligula. He had become emperor. And it was about Pilate. And this letter said this. Pilate is unbending and recklessly hard. He is a man of notorious reputation, severe brutality, prejudice, savage, violence, and a murderer. Nice letter. (laughs) That's what Agrippa said of Pilate. An investigation was going on about Pilate as a result of this letter. And interesting It's during Jesus' trial that Pilate actually is under investigation. That's why I believe that that explains why he vacillated so much. He'd go here, he'd come back here, and he was indecisive. And the reason is he was trying to preserve his own neck. And that made him that way. History tells us about Pilate, he was banished to Gaul beyond the Alps, and he had an emotional breakdown and eventually committed suicide. Should have listened to Jesus. Amen. But here, notice Luke 23, verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, the king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Finding no fault, but the Jewish leaders demonstrate their hatred of Christ. Verse 5 says this, And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. Now when they said the name of Galilee, that gave Pilate another thought, how to get out from underneath this. He says in verse 6 and 7, When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. So he thought he had a loophole. That leads to trial number five. Jesus is sent to Herod Antipas Tetrarch over Galilee. He was over Galilee from 4 B.C. to 39 A.D. Now Herod's family, they were brutal. As somebody said, they were bone-deep cruel. (laughs) That's cruel. They were capable of murdering their own family, spouses. They actually were like the godfathers of the ancient world. This was the same Herod that had John the Baptist beheaded, who Jesus called that fox. As Herod sought some entertainment, some miracle that Jesus could perform. The men, his men, put a robe around Jesus, around that beaten body. And as questions were asked of him, Jesus remained silent. But the soldiers, they mocked him, they laughed at him, they made fun of him. Herod just kind of shrugged his shoulders off the whole thing, about the whole thing, and sends Jesus back to Pilate. I'm sure Pilate wanted to see him. That leads to the last trial. Jesus is sent back to Pilate a second time. Right now, at this this moment, it's 7.30 a.m. Pilate had thought he had outmaneuvered and proven himself to be wise, but he wasn't. Pilate then, he saw another approach. Once a year, at Passover, the governor would free one prisoner whom the people chose. They knew of one wicked criminal. His name was Barabbas. Pilate told the crowd, Jesus or Barabbas. Matthew 27, 20 says this, but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you. They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Matthew 27, 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Mark fifteen fifteen says... And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. The crowd would rather have a criminal than the innocent Son of God. They scourged him. They stripped him of his clothes. They tied him to a post. They took the cat of nine tails. Each strap on the end had ends of bone chips or metal or sharp objects. They had what was known as a lictor. He was a professional torturer that would oversee these beatings. The Jews would usually give 39 stripes, yet the Romans were more severe. They would beat a person until they were satisfied they had the ability just to do the wrist a certain way, they could peel the skin off the back of an individual. Or if they wanted to, they could pull out chunks of meat and Jesus was beaten miserably. These scourgings were designed to leave the body by strips of raw flesh, inflamed and bleeding wounds. And in order for the the victim to be sure to feel the pain, sometimes they would throw salt water on them to keep them awake so that they could experience the next stripe. Psalm 129 verse 3 says this, thou compass my path and my lying down and art acquainted with my ways. And another verse talks about the long burrows that they made in his back. Isaiah 52, verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. They did a job on Jesus Christ. They beat him to a pulp. And then they humiliate and even beat him further. Matthew 27, 29 says this. And when they had uh, plated a crown of thorns, they put it up on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him, took the reed, and smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on and led him a way to crucify him. Jesus, he's a mutilated mess by now. He stands wobbly. His nervous system is shot. He shakes uncontrollably. They put a crown of thorns on his head and then repeatedly hit him in the head. They mock him like a comic figure, hell king of the Jews. You can only imagine their language at that time. They take him back to Pilate. Pilate says to him now after he's been scourged, Behold the man, behold your king. That made the crowd livid. They begin to cry out more and more, We have no king but Caesar. Now you know they hated Caesar, right? But at this time, we have no king but Caesar. So Pilate says, what do you want me to do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him. And it got louder and louder. Crucify crucify until it hits the pitch that Pilate concedes. They take him down to Judgment Hall, Pilate's Hall. They strip him of his robe. He carries a cross. It's about 16 feet long, close to 200 pounds. As he carries the old cross, he leaves a trail of blood. He carries it down what's known as Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering. From Pilate's Hall to where he carried it was 650 yards in the condition he was in. Finally, under the weight and the burden of everything that had taken place, he falls. And they compel Simon of Cyrene to pick that cross up and carry it the rest of the way. They finally arrive at Golgotha, the place of the skull, Calvary. Jesus there laid his lacerated back on the beam of the cross. Then a man with an apron pulls out nails. Back in those days, they had nails with little square ends. (laughs) They drive one through one wrist, another one through another wrist, And then they put his feet side by side and drive a nail through the heels of his feet to the cross. Four men then lift the cross up and drop it in the prepared hole. They had a hole dug about six to eight feet. When they drop it, then that way it would be steady enough. The excruciating pain mounted with each second he lived. To breathe, Jesus had to pull up or push himself upon those nails to get air to speak. Jesus hung on the cross for several hours, some three to six hours, I believe. Each breath moved him closer to death. As he hangs on the cross, betrayed and abandoned, abandoned by his friends, falsely accused, publicly humiliated beaten beyond recognition, thorns dug into his head, crucified mercilessly as a common criminal. Jesus, though innocent, endured pain beyond recognition, beyond comprehension. And topping all of this laid upon him was the punishment of all the world's sins, of all... History. Jesus took our hell on that cross and he died. Now I know we've seen this little clip multiple times, but I think it's good, just like the Lord's Supper, to put us in remembrance.
3: <laughs>
1: Seven, 哎
5: said bow your heads if you would question comes why why on a hill called Calvary Jesus suffered for our sins took the punishment of our sins upon himself he lovingly willingly paid the price for man's sins he satisfied the justice of his father once for all And he made a way. It's the only way. The only thing that keeps you out of heaven is your sin and your unbelief. And God says today, why won't you believe in him? Look at what he went through just for you. Right now, in the quietness of your heart, why don't you tell him you believe in him? Say something like this in your heart. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell. But I do believe your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins, was buried, and rose again. I tell you right now the best way I know how. I believe. Save me. I believe. Just tell him now. And if you did that and you met that in your heart, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. For with the heart man believeth. If you did that, and you met that with nobody looking around. Just say, as a word of testimony. We don't come out there. We don't embarrass you. But just say, I just asked Christ to save me because I believed in him. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand right now. Anybody like that? God bless you. Father, you know the hearts. You know everybody. I'm grateful for the day at the age of 24 that truth became clear to me and you saved me by your wonderful grace. I've never got over that. Yet somehow, Lord, sometimes I kind of drift in the sense that I don't focus on what you went through for me. So thank you for reminding me once again Of all the trials that you went through you did that for me you did that for each individual person here and I just want to say thank you God here's my life here's my all I love you in Jesus name and everybody said we hope that you received
0: a blessing from today's broadcast we would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.